Okay, uh, the question was, what does the two superscript mean in the energy? For the second order formula, it means that the energy is the second order correction to the energy. And 96% uh, of people got that. So if you're in the 4% who didn't get that, you need to read that section again. Uh, why are the second order and higher order corrections to the wave functions not useful? So useful means you've done some uh, weighing of how much effort you put in to how much benefit you get out. So if you're going to second order in the wave functions, there's probably, just probably solve it numerically nowadays easier than working out the second order perturbation theory for the wave functions. But in some particular cases, the series are well understood. So in those cases, you can just look up the answer somewhere. Uh, what is the significance of perturbation theory? It allows us to get approximate solutions to hard problems. Why is the introduction of a small symmetrical bump into the potential of a state making solving the Schrodinger equation so hard that we resort to iterative methods? It's because generally life is hard and you're just very lucky if you can just solve a differential equation that someone hands you. So most of the time, you can't solve things exactly. Uh, I heard that per perturbation methods were originally used to solve problems in astrophysics, such as multiple body problems. I was wondering if we can see how to use these techniques in a general setting, but on our own, we can try to solve restricted three-body problem, etc. So I think uh, you can just take the general thing that we've set up so far and apply it to any problem you want. You have Hamiltonian. You have a solution to some sub-Hamiltonian, like two-body problem. You introduce a perturbation. Now you have three bodies, so you can solve two-body two, two problems exactly. And then the interactions between the bodies that you didn't solve are the perturbation. So work out the equations of motion to first order and the perturbation. Assume the solution is the solution you had plus a perturbation plug that into equations, you should get uh, equations that tell you about the correction in terms of the new term. Yes? So the Hamiltonian would be the original differential operator before you added the third body, say. Yeah. And then the H prime would be the differential operator that you added with the third body plus the interaction terms. Well, you, you, the unperturbed would be two, two bodies Hamiltonians, right. which you can solve exactly. And then the perturbation is everything else you have to add to make it the real Hamiltonian. Okay. Uh, how does perturbation theory scale up to systems with many particles? Um, so you can do perturbation theory for any system. Just when you have many particles, then you have your wave functions are products of wave functions for each particle. So it's just more, more complicated, but the same principle works. Is there any problem we could do where we can use the perturbation theory and solve the problem exactly just to see that this actually works? So there's a couple of problems in that section, and we're going to do one of them in a minute. And you can do the other one in your spare time, since you guys have so much spare time now that you're in the middle of the quarter. Uh, why do we need to know the second order energy? What does it describe? Is it the overall energy, or is it just the part corresponding to the second order approximation? We need to know it because we want to know everything. And it is just the part corresponding to the second order 
approximation, so it's the correction, hopefully a small correction. How many times does perturbation, how many times should perturbation theory be applied to get the best, best correction? Depends on the problem. If it's a small perturbation, then you'll get by with first order. If it's a big perturbation, then you'll have to go to ten orders. So you have to work it out and see how big the correction is and how much accuracy you want. In some problems, you get better corrections. You can keep getting better corrections by going out to an infinite number of terms. When discussing the wave function correction at the bottom of page 253, I don't understand why E sub m, C sub m, Psi sub m turn into E sub l, C sub l, Psi sub l. It's because just like in class, it took an overlap with a Psi sub l state, and then Psi sub l, Psi sub m is diagonal, so m has to equal l. So in the next line, m equals l. Is there a third order term, or do all subsequent orders look much like the second order with different values? So if we worked out the third order correction to the energy, you'd know that it would have to have the perturbation Hamiltonian appearing three times. So instead of two matrix elements on top, there would have to be three matrix elements on top. And you can probably guess that instead of a single sum, there'll be a double sum. So when we had two matrix elements on top, we know that we start in a particular state and we end in a particular state, and then we summed over the states in the middle, because we're multiplying two matrices. So now we're multiplying three matrices, so there's two sums. I'd like to know more about the different orders of corrections and why simulating a power series about a dummy variable, which we let go to one anyway, miraculously provides a useful series of approximations. So the expansion parameter that we used was just a counting factor. Counted how many times we'd included the perturbation. So it makes a useful series if the perturbation is a small correction to the problem. We had an exact solution and we jiggle it so it's similar to what we had before but with a small correction. If that's true then we'll get a useful uh, approximation by doing this iteration. Any more questions? So, we're going to do examples, 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 until we're all convinced that perturbation theory is great. Oops. So, we will do a linear perturbation of a harmonic oscillator. So suppose I had a harmonic oscillator, which you guys remember from last quarter, which means I have a potential uh, let's call this V. I have a potential that's quadratic in the position, so it's just one-dimensional. Say that this particle in the harmonic oscillator potential has a charge. If I put in an electric field E, then I'll get a correction to the potential that's proportional to the charge in the electric field. If the electric 
So if the electric field is linear, then it's going to want to move the charge in one direction. So constant electric field. So this will be our perturbation. And because of the mir miracle of uh, of <coughs> of uh, uh, parabolas. If I have a parabola, something equals y equals something times x squared, and I add constant times x, all it does is shift the parameter parabola over and up or down. So we can just complete the square and solve this exactly. So we'll introduce a new x. x prime, so x in terms of x prime is x is x prime plus qe over mass times omega squared. And if we write out our potential, so we have to square x. There's the cross term, square of this term, and then we have a linear term in x. So here we have a quadratic term, and then we can combine these linear terms. So uh, this times that gives us plus q e x prime. We have a minus q e x prime. Then we have a constant term here. constant term there. So our new potential is x prime squared and then shifted by a constant. So we shifted the origin and shifted the zero of energy. So, we know how to solve that problem exactly. You guys did it last quarter, I think. Yes? The energy is n plus a half h bar omega. And now we've shifted by this constant. What about, what would perturbation theory say? So it would say that the first order correction is the expectation value of the perturbation Hamiltonian in that state. And uh, the perturbation is minus QEX. So we need the expectation value uh, for X. And since uh, 
I think you used this notation last quarter. You can just, instead of writing out psi 0n, we'll just write n, because we're lazy. So n labels that state. And uh, you learned about raising and lowering operators last quarter. <coughs> so the raising and lowering operators are related to momentum and position, like this. So it's some weird linear combination of momentum and x. That means we can solve for x. x is the square root of h bar over twice the mass times the frequency times a plus plus a minus. A minus is the lowering operator, A plus is the raising operator. And hopefully you also worked out what these raising and lowering operators do. So if I put the raising operator on the state n, I get square root of n plus 1 times the state n plus 1. If I lower the state n, I get square root of n state n minus 1. That sound vaguely familiar? So we need the expectation value of x in some state n. We can write x in terms of raising and lowering operators. So we need the expectation value of a plus plus a minus. Let's do it for a general state n prime. There's a reason for that. Anyone see what the reason for that is? What's the expectation value of a plus in the state in the state n? So a plus is going to raise the state. So if I take it between n n, it'll shift the n up to n plus 1, and then there'll be no overlap. Same with a minus. So we're going to see quickly that the first order perturbation is 0. And then we'll need to go to second order, and then we'll need the off-diagonal matrix elements. So we'll just work them out now to save time. So I can. Since a plus is not Hermitian, if I want to act on the bra, I need to take the Hermitian conjugate. So I can write that as a minus n. So a minus on n gives root n times n minus 1, because it's a lowering operator. And over here, since we're acting on the state n prime, we'll get a root n prime. And the state will be lowered to n prime minus 1.
But this is zero unless n prime equals n minus one. So I can write a Kronecker delta there. n prime n minus one. This one has the square root of n prime, and it's a delta n n prime minus one. So that's just a fancy way of what we already said. The states are orthogonal because they're eigenstates. So the first order correction to the energy is the diagonal matrix element, which is 0. So we do the second order correction. <coughs> So we need a sum over m not equal to n. Matrix element of the perturbation Hamiltonian between our states m and n. Modulus squared. Or we could have written it as one times the Hermitian conjugate of the other. Same thing. And there's an energy denominator. Difference in the energy levels between the states M and N. So our perturbation is QEX. So Q squared, E squared come outside. They're just constants. <coughs> we need the expectation value of x between two different states. On the bottom, the halves cancel, so we get the difference of n and m. And now we can use this formula up here. So there's an h-bar over 2 times the mass times omega. So just plugging in, confusingly, m is n and n is n prime. that squared. We need to divide by n minus m. But now life is simple because there's only a couple terms in this infinite series that are actually non-zero. Either m has to equal n plus 1 or m has to equal n minus 1. Because our perturbation was just a raising or a lowering operator, so we could only get to the nearest neighbor states. is equal to n plus 1, and then we square it, we'll get n plus 1 here. The denominator doesn't get squared. So we have n minus n plus 1. 
And then the other possibility is m is equal to n minus 1. And we square it so we get n. So this is minus 1 on the bottom, this is plus 1 on the bottom. So you have n minus n plus 1, so we get minus 1. Perturbation theory says we get that correction to the energy. So the full energy to this order should be the zeroth order energy plus the second order correction. Plus higher orders. But uh, oops. We know the exact answer and amazingly perturbation theory gives us the exact answer. Why did that happen? Because we chose a perturbation whose exact answer was only, only had a second order term in the perturbation. So we worked perturbation theory out to second order. We have to get that second order term because the Taylor series have to agree. But the exact answer doesn't have any more terms in its Taylor series. So perturbation theory won't either. So another way of saying it is that you can think of these problems as a big uh, linear algebra problem. We're trying to find the eigenvalues. And this is a way of approximately finding eigenvalues. By introduce, you have a diagonal matrix and you introduce some off-diagonal little corrections or maybe diagonal ones are even easier. But if, in this case, we had off-diagonal corrections in our matrix, then we diagonalized it approximately. And luckily, the approximate di diagonalization was exact because of our clever choice of a problem. When they do the higher-order approximations, they just restate the matrix problem? Well, that's, that's what we already did. Okay. Because it's all, I mean, solving energy eigenvalues in quantum mechanics is a big matrix problem. It's just an infinite dimensional matrix. But here, when it just comes down to just a couple of matrix elements, uh, it's sort of easier to picture. So these harmonic oscillator problems are great exam problems for doing perturbation theory because A, you already know you have the exact solution of the harmonic oscillator. So that's your zeroth order approximation. And then to work out the infinite series, uh, it usually collapses down to just a little finite matrix problem instead of an infinite matrix problem. So let's do a, a more serious one. We'll do the cubic perturbation. So our perturbation Hamiltonian I'll write in a funny way. So why am I writing it this crazy way? So if you look at the units of this, so cubic means it's x to the third. And then I put in some factors in front. 
I put in these factors because I want to make B dimensionless. So if we look at the units, this is mass cubed inside a square root, so that's kilograms to the three halves. We have a frequency, which is one over seconds to the five halves. And the bottom, we have h bar, which has units kilograms meters squared per second. And then x has units meters cubed. So kilograms to the three halves over one half means we have kilograms. Meters cubed over meters is meters squared. And uh, seconds to the one half over seconds to the five halves is one over seconds squared. So that's an energy. So B is dimensionless. And the two to the three halves is because I worked out the problem once and I got two to three halves on every line for two pages. So by putting it there, it will go away. So our perturbation is x cubed, so we need to work out uh, x cubed in terms of raising and lowering operators. So we just cube what we had before. x is a plus plus a minus to a factor. So now because we chose this clever uh, notation, in terms of raising and lowering operators, our perturbation is b h bar omega a plus plus a minus cubed. So now life is good. We just have to multiply this out and remember that a plus and a minus are operators. So we need to worry about their order. So we'll write it as a square times a plus plus a minus. So we have a plus squared plus a plus a minus plus a minus a plus plus a minus squared times a plus plus a minus. And uh, multiplying this through, here we'll get an a plus cubed, and then we'll get all kinds of crazy terms. So let's do it, I don't know the best way to do it. Let's do it uh, just keeping track. There's a term with a plus squared and a, a minus and the a minus could be in three places. So we could have a plus squared a minus plus a plus a minus a plus plus a minus a plus squared. And then there's a term with a minus squared and a plus. So there's also a minus squared a plus plus a minus a plus a minus plus a plus a minus squared and there's an a minus cubed. So, uh, I, I like these terms because I just have to raise three times or lower three times. I don't like these terms. Nasty. So we'll try to simplify those. 
So let's recall that if I t have a plus a minus acting on the state n, then I lower it so I get a root n, and the state becomes n minus 1. And then I get to raise it, and I get a square root of n minus 1 plus 1. So I get root n, root n, n. So that tells us that the operator n hat is equal to a plus a minus. Hopefully you saw that last quarter. If I had the opposite ordering, a minus a plus acting on n, then raising it will give me square root of n plus 1 times the state n plus 1. And then lowering it will give me another n plus 1, n plus 1 times the state n. So n plus 1, the operator n plus 1 is equal to a minus a plus, which is a fancy, well, it's another way of saying that a minus, the commutator of a minus with a plus is 1. Because by switching the order, I get shifted by 1. So we can use that to rewrite these guys. A plus plus A minus cubed. It's A plus cubed. There's an A plus N hat plus an N hat A plus plus an N hat A minus. I think I wrote them in the opposite order now. And then for these guys, there'll be an N hat plus 1 A plus. An N hat plus 1. Yeah, this is this guy is n hat plus one times a plus. This guy is n hat plus one times a minus. And this guy is uh, should have an a minus n hat plus one plus a minus cubed. Everyone believe that? Pardon me? So this one is that one, and this one is... Uh, This one is actually, oh, this one is this one. Okay, so we're almost there. Uh, but we're going to calculate matrix elements. So the n hats are easy. We don't need, but we would like to be acting, since they're not Hermitian, we want the operators on the right so they hit the wave function. So we need to get this A plus on the right. So we need the commutators to re rearrange those guys. So the commutator of N hat with A minus, that's A plus, A minus, A minus. And whenever you have a uh, commutator with two, th two things inside, 
that's the same as taking the guy out, writing the commutator, take the first one out on the left, and then take this guy out on the right. I think we saw that before once, when we did angular momentum. And these guys commute because they're the same. And this is one. So we did I do that right? No, I didn't do that right. Copying from a different line. This guy was a minus over here, so it better be a minus over here. We took out the a minus, so this is a plus. So that's the opposite of that, so it's a minus. commutator with a plus. So now this one's zero, and this one is one. Now we can reorder these so that ends are always on the left, the operators are on the right. So this first one, I can write a plus n hat is the same as n hat a plus minus its commutator commutator was that ordering minus the opposite ordering. So with the minus it gets back to what we had before. And their commutators we just worked out was a plus. <coughs> then this guy is okay. This guy is also okay. This one we like. This guy we like, this guy we like, this guy we don't like. So we'll write him as n hat uh, a minus, minus the commutator, plus a minus, and there was a plus one. There's plus a minus cubed. So there's three n hat a pluses, one, two, three. And there's three n hat plus one a minuses. Uh, there's one, there's two, these guys make three. Okay, so that's what x cubed really is. Shouldn't be so hard. Okay, back to the point of what was the point of this exercise? That was not the point. That was just getting started. So the point is we want to calculate the perturbation corrections to the energy. So the first order correction is the expectation value of the perturbation Hamiltonian, and you can do that in your head.
zero because every term has a raising or lowering operator, so there can't be a diagonal term. So we'll need second order perturbation theory. And by now we've got the formula memorized. Take the square of that uh, matrix element, divide it by an energy denominator, sum over m. And like before, because we have these raising and lowering operators, there's only a handful of terms in this infinite series that are non-zero. So uh, we had terms with raising cubed, lowering cubed, and then terms linear in raising and lowering. So M and N can differ by three or one. So let's just write down the ones that are non-zero. If M is equal to N minus three, then I can get that with the lower, I can lower N by three and get an overlap with M. So our perturbation was BH bar omega times uh, A plus plus A minus cubed. So we only need the guy with that lowers three times. So the first time I lower it, I'll get a, starting with n, lowering it, I get a root n. Then I lower it one more time, I'll get an n minus one because I lowered it to n minus one. And I lower it one more time, I'll get n minus two. And my state will be n minus three. They're normalized, so I just get that square root factor. I could also have m equal to n minus 1. Then I just have to lower one time. So the term that we found was 3 times uh, three times n hat plus one times the lowering operator. So the lowering operator will give me a root n, and the state will be n minus one. Then we hit, hit it with three times n hat plus one. So, but n hat is n minus one plus one, so it's just a factor of n. And then the, the rest are obvious. They're just with raising operators. So it could be one higher than n. Then we'd have uh, 3n hat a plus. So that will give us an n plus 1 inside the square root. And then the n hat, because it's raised to n plus 1, will be n plus 1. Okay, the last one is when we raise by 3. Now we don't even have to write it all out, we can just do it in our heads, right? So we start with n and then we raise it. 
we'll get square root of n plus 1. We raise it again, we'll get a square root of n plus 2. Raise it again, we'll get a square root of n plus 3. So now our infinite series just has four terms, because there's only four non-zero guys. So these constants out front get squared. Uh, and each energy denominator has a factor of h bar omega. So we can bring that out. And then we'll put in our matrix elements. So this guy gets squared. And in the denominator, we have n minus n minus n plus a half times h bar omega. And then m was n minus 3 plus a half h bar omega. Now we already have the h bar omega out front. This guy, if we square it, we'll get 9n squared n. And the halves are always going to cancel. So we'll have n minus m, and m is n minus 1. Then this guy will get a 9 n plus 1 squared n plus 1. And finally, this guy will get n plus 1, n plus 2, n plus 3, over n minus n plus 3. So we'll have n times n squared minus 3n plus 2. Yes. Sorry. And then the bottom we just get a plus 3. Here we get 9n cubed. The bottom is plus 1. Here we'll get uh, 9n plus 1 cubed. The bottom is minus 1. get the n squared plus 5n plus 6. And down here we have minus 3. So if we can combine these guys with the 3s, we'll have an n cubed minus 3n squared plus 2n minus n cubed plus 5n squared plus 6n plus n squared plus 5n plus 6. And uh, then we'll have plus 9 times n cubed plus or minus 
n cubed plus 3n squared plus 3n plus 1. Almost there. Uh, so if we bring out a minus sign, we get a 9n squared plus 9n plus 6 over 3 plus 27n squared plus 27n plus 9. So this is 30n squared plus 30n plus 11. Or you can write it another way. Doesn't matter. Whichever you prefer. So this order, the energy. the nth level is n plus a half h bar omega minus b squared h bar omega and the correction goes like n plus a half squared so what did we learn? did we learn anything except practicing raising and lowering operators? Yeah. So, is that a small perturbation? If I take B to be really small, is it a small perturbation? Yeah, so for large N, it's a big perturbation. For small N, it's a small perturbation. So, can anyone guess what's happening? Yeah, if we go out far enough, x cubed is bigger than x squared. So if we stay, oops, if we stay near the origin, then it just pushes one side up and one side down a little. So it would look like we can find something like harmonic oscillator solutions down there. But if we plot our energy levels versus the size of the perturbation, see as you go make the perturbation big or go up uh, in energy level, corrections get bigger and bigger. So eventually, uh, one of these higher levels crosses our ground state. So here, this is the ground state now. So it's not a small perturbation. So if we look at the full potential that we have, out here, x cubed is making the potential unbounded. So even if we found a little uh, lowest order solution here, there's a ground state solution, what's actually going to happen is that it can leak out of this potential well. It's called tunneling. Did you guys do any tunneling at some point? So. And if we go up to energy levels up here, then they're completely free 
So uh, if this barrier was high enough, then it does make sense to look at the low-lying excitations here. And they have some exponential decay from the tunneling. So the perturbation theory will give you a reasonable answer for those energy levels. And then you'll have to include the tunneling to see their lifetime. But for the high states, the, it's just useless. So perturbation theory is not a panacea. It has its limits. Oh, and we're done. Exactly on time. Um, there's problem sets five and six up here. If anyone didn't get theirs. Thank you.